Daddy did a good job, and I sure appreciate that continued ministry. Uh, we're going to open up tonight uh, with one of my favorite hymns. When the roll is called up yonder, we'll do a couple of verses tonight. We invite you to sing with us wherever you are. If you're at your home, in your car, in your office, sing out like you're at your Baptist church. Let's sing together tonight. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, let's sing. The trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more. The morning breaks eternal, bright and fair. tonight. I want to give you several prayer requests this evening. And as always, I want to invite you to put your prayer requests in our comments box. Uh, lots of things to bring to your attention tonight. So again, you put in your comments and we'll sure add those to our prayer list. First of all, we'd mentioned to you a couple of times now on Sunday and then also on our call system about Brother Lester Rohr. He had surgery today. He did well. He's at home recuperating. Please pray for him if you would. And then I know I've mentioned this several times, but I'm going to continue to bring it to your attention. Please pray for Sister Lisa Coffey. Uh, Lisa, of course, as you know, was diagnosed positive with COVID. Uh, Lisa was sharing with us today. She told we could share this. She's been 14 days now with a fever, and she just can't break it. She's having a really difficult time. So please lift up Lisa and the rest of the family. We've been praying for Chelsea. Continue to pray for her. And now let me give you some new ones to add to our list. Sister Ellen Harefield. Uh, this coming Monday on July the 6th has to have a heart catheterization. Brother Mike Carroll has a procedure coming up. And then Sister Betty Canode will shortly be having a knee replacement later this month. And Annette Rohr will be having open heart surgery uh, later this month. We'll continue to update you on those. And we ask you to please add those to your prayer list. And again, join us in prayer tonight uh, as we uh, ask the Lord to meet with us. Father, we come to you this evening in the precious name of Jesus. And Lord, we're thankful that you are a prayer-answering God. Lord, we can't thank you enough for how good you've been, for all the things that you've done. And Lord, the ways that you've answered prayer. And Lord, just we stand in amazement. To, Lord, we also know there are times when things don't go just as we've planned with our prayer life. Lord, you know my heart, that's what I'm preaching on tonight. And so Lord, I pray that in each of these situations that you give us the uh, 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 patience that we need uh, while we wait on answers from heaven. Lord, I pray a special touch of grace tonight upon Sister Lisa Coffey. Lord, I pray that you would just touch her and cure her of this, that there'd be no more complications. And Lord, I pray that tomorrow would be a better day and that every day thereafter she'd be getting healthier and healthier. And Lord, that you'd bless her family as well. 
Lord, bless the services tonight. We've got so many who are facing procedures. I pray that you'd bless Sister Ellen Harefield, Brother Mike Carroll, their upcoming procedures. Thank you for the good news today on Brother Lester and his procedure. And Lord, we've got others that are facing procedures, uh, significant operations coming up soon. And Lord, we ask that you'd bless them. Lord, thank you again for the opportunity to just come together on a Wednesday night through the means of social media. Lord, I pray that you'd bless people where they are. We've got so many needs. But Lord, we know that you are the need meter. Bless now in all that we do on this Wednesday night service. We'll thank you and praise you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Trio, you all come get ready to sing. This young man sang for us on Sunday. Did a spectacular job. And so uh, we have an impromptu trio who's got a song they're going to do for you tonight. And I love this song. I know I say that a lot because I like a lot of good singing. I hope this song blesses your heart till your cries have awoken the master. Sing, folks. dark sea with Jesus the disciples were getting concerned the wind started violently blowing but he was asleep in the stern does he not care that we perish we're helpless and we're so afraid Jesus arose when they called him and said to them, where is your faith? Because you prayed all night, cause you held on with all of your might. Child, your cries have awoken the master. begun seeing no hope in the distance you're frightened and nowhere to run by now your vessel is filling and you're thinking that you'll surely drown you cry out for help from the Savior and now you know you can't give up
fast asleep. The winds are so deadly, the water's so deep. But try to be patient, cause soon he'll bring peace. Just one word from his voice, and it must all cease. Because you prayed all night, cause you Awesome job tonight. I appreciate that. Well done, guys. Thank you so much. I've got uh, three or four announcements I want to bring to your attention tonight, and then I've got James is going to make one announcement, and then we will get into our Bible study. We are continuing our collection for our Back to School uh, initiative that we are honored to support here in our community. Uh, of course, this past Sunday, uh, we were not able to collect because it was raining. So uh, uh, this coming Sunday uh, was going to be a catch-up week anyway, so it works out perfectly. This coming Sunday, we will still be collecting paper, uh, packs of paper, uh, both college-ruled and the wide-ruled for the elementary schools, and then also collecting yellow highlighters. So if you could bring those in this coming Sunday, that would be appreciated. I'll remind everybody that uh, this coming Sunday is also Mission Sunday for our church. And thus far, even through the middle of a pandemic, we've been able to continue to support all of our missionaries at 100% support, 100% of their support. So we appreciate your continued faithfulness and ask you to keep that in mind for this coming Sunday. Uh, this Sunday will also be Patriotic Sunday. James has got a couple announcements about that, and then we're going to get into the Word. Son, grab, uh, grab the white microphone there, and then you give us the announcement, buddy. Hello. There we go. All right. So a couple of announcements. Uh, first, as a blanket statement, uh, we are waiting to see what the weather is going to do. It's a 50-50 shot right now on whether or not we will get rained out. We're going to make that call on the 4th, which is this Saturday. Uh, hopefully by lunchtime, the call will go out over Facebook and over our uh, call system. So by then you will know. If all goes well, uh, on the 4th this Saturday, we will be setting up here. We're going to need you, if, if at all possible, we understand it's the 4th. We're going to need you to bring uh, things to sit on, especially the big umbrellas to help us set up downstairs. On the 5th, which is on Sunday, we, we will have catering downstairs outside the daycare, $5 a person. We are going to be celebrating my dad and brother Ken's birthdays. Don't ask them their age. They won't like it. They're still in denial. Uh, we will have gift bags set up for you to put stuff in, bring anything from a gift card to the keys to a new Jag from my father. Uh, also, the big thing, it's going to be Patriotic Sunday, like my dad said. We are going to have prizes set up for first, second, and third place for the best decorated family, vehicle, and share all combined together. So again, uh, first, second, third place for the best decorated uh, family, vehicle, and share. Now, caveat, should it rain and we can't set up, 
this will all be moved forward by one week, all right? So if it rains and we can't set up on Saturday, everything gets moved forward one week. So setup will be on the 11th with a celebration on the 12th. Lord willing, it will go great, and we'll see you on Saturday for setup. Thank you, son. All right, turn in your Bibles tonight. Two places, if you would. First of all, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number one. The Gospel of Luke, chapter number one. And then go ahead and have ready, if you would, James chapter four as well. Luke chapter number one and James chapter number four. Uh, I want to do a big shout out to Brother Roger Wells. As most of you know, Brother Coffey and his wife have been part of the team that has helped ensure we could do all of this uh, from a remote, uh, uh, even on Sundays if we had to come inside or Wednesday nights with uh, Sister Lisa Coffey's diagnosis. Brother Coffey is, of course, quarantined as well. And Brother Roger Wells has stepped in and uh, been so gracious to fill in that gap. And I, I can't thank you enough, Brother Roger. I appreciate it immensely. Luke chapter number one is where I want to start tonight. I'm going to read several verses, and I'm going to look at a passage of Scripture that, if you'll just indulge me a moment, it's going to seem a bit unusual to be reading on one of the hottest days of the year as we hit July 1. I was reminded today, driving here to church tonight, that we are at the midway point of July, of the midway point of 2020. July 1 marks the midway point. And I think most of us would say 2020 has been a kind of a challenging year. In fact, I shared with my dad the other night, when I was a youngster growing up, my mom used to say to me a lot, if you don't, she would say one of two things. She would say, I'm going to jerk a knot in you. That was one of her favorite things. And I never knew what it meant to have a knot jerked into you, but she would tell me all the time, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to jerk a knot in you. And then she would also say, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into next year. There are a lot of us that would probably enjoy being knocked into next year right now. Uh, so uh, it's halfway over. 2020 is halfway done, church. We've only got six more months to go. And, I, I, and my fingers are crossing and my prayers are going up that the second half is going to be better than the first half. This is a strange verse or passage to be looking at in the middle of summer. This is a passage that is normally looked at at Christmas time. But I want you to indulge me for just a moment because I think you'll understand in a few minutes why I'm looking at this passage. Join me if you would. Luke chapter 1 will begin at verse number 5. It was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. They had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. The whole multitude of the people were praying without the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled. Fear fell upon him. The angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard. I want you to underline, if you're writing your Bibles, that prepositional phrase, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. 
Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. He shall go before him in the spirit, in the power of Elias, we know that's Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am old, and an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And finally, verse 19. The angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. Many of us, though we walk in different circles, though we have different walks of life, though we could not possibly be as different as we are, there is something that unites all of us who are children of God, and that is this. There are times in which our prayers go unanswered. There are times in which it feels like that the prayers that we are praying daily don't seem to be getting through. And I have to tell you as a pastor, it's one of those things that is often difficult to explain when someone sits in my office and with tears streaming down their face and says, Pastor Greg, my wife and I, my husband and I, or we, or my family, we've been praying for this for years, and it just never happens. And almost inevitably, the next thing that comes from that is a very pertinent and important question. They'll look and say, why? Why are my prayers going unanswered? We know that Scripture tells us plainly that we are commanded to pray. We read about that in 1 Thessalonians 5, where we're told to pray without ceasing. We read it again in Luke 18, Mark 14, where we get clear and specific instructions. We understand that there is no substitute for prayer, no eloquence, no effort, no energy, no enthusiasm, no intellect. None of that is a substitute for prayer. We know that when we pray, what we are actually doing is confessing our own inability and claiming God's ability to make something happen. We are literally inviting God into the problems and to the processes of our life. We are reaching up to lay hold on a power source that we in and of ourselves do not possess. But I also want to say to you folks... We don't always understand why God operates the way he does. So I want to give you a message tonight that I'm entitling, When Prayers Go Unanswered. When Prayers Go Unanswered. There are one of three things that is happening. There is one of three things that is happening. And I want to look at each of these tonight. And help us understand that when our prayers are going unanswered, there is a reason why. So number one, the number one reason that prayers are sometimes not answered 
is that God is saying no. The prayers are being denied, or the answer is being denied. There is a reason for that. And that, I think, is probably the most challenging part of the Christian life. We know that we desperately want something, we desperately need something, we're begging God for something, and there are times when the answer is simply no. If you go and look at the passage that we just read, verse number 7 tells us that she had no child because Elizabeth was barren. They were both well now stricken in years. They're up in age. Other verses tell us that they had prayed and they had prayed and they had prayed and they were always constantly getting the same answer. It seemed no, no, no. Their prayer went unanswered. I want to ask you tonight to please put your bookmark there in Luke 4, or Luke 1 rather, and flip with me if you would over to James 4. Because when we acknowledge the fact that Sometimes the answer is no. We then need to pause and say, is there a reason why the answer is no? Now, let me just state for the record, God is under no obligation to tell us why he said no. God is, let me say that again. God is under no obligation to tell any of us why the answer is no. I'm reminded of my own childhood. Any of you senior saints can testify to this. Uh, I always was full of questions whenever my parents would say no to something. My always inevitable comeback was, but why? And almost inevitably, my mother especially would say, because I said so. My father would often follow it up with, I said so, and that's the only reason you need. So let me be clear, God is not under any obligation to tell us why he said no. But I want you to hear me. James points out very clearly in chapter 4 that there are sometimes reasons that God is saying no that we need to know about. Look, if you would, at James chapter 4, verse number 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you, Come they not hence, even of your lusts, that war in your members. Ye lust, note this, and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. You ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts, ye adulterers and adulteresses. Know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy with God. In those four verses, James gives us four different reasons why God sometimes says no to our prayers, and it has everything to do with us. Verse 1 talks about internal fighting among the brethren. James is straight up honest and to the point here. Uh, You read it for yourself, uh, and he says that internal fighting and bickering over stupid stuff uh, will inevitably lead to God saying no to our prayers. Uh, Let's be candid, folks. We're ripe with that right now. Let's be transparent here for just a moment. Uh, If internal bickering and fighting uh, among the brethren uh, is the cause for prayers not being answered, uh, well, we'd all have to fess up to that sin tonight. 
Verse number two says in the last clause, you have not because you ask not. In other words, a second reason that sometimes God says no is that we've not asked for it appropriately. A prayer life is not such that we have a right to have our prayers heard. Listen to me. I've said this a thousand times. God is not a heavenly Santa Claus that we check in every once in a while and give him our laundry list of things we want him to do. Verse number three hits home for many of us because it says, if I may paraphrase, that one of the reasons God says no has to do with our own selfishness. We can expect, the, listen to what I'm about to say, we can expect the Lord to meet our needs, but we should not be surprised when he won't finance our greeds. Verse 3 again says, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. If you've been saved for any length of time, you know that God is a God that will meet your needs, but we should not be surprised when that same God won't finance our greed. Verse number 4 mentions the fact that God will not finance our spiritual adultery. In other words, uh, he will not bless our efforts uh, to run with the enemy. Uh, four reasons, internal fighting, uh, prayerlessness, selfishness, sin. And I'm going to give you a fifth by turning over to 1 John chapter number 5. You don't have to turn. You can. It's just a few pages. But 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, And this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So if I'm reading this right, and I think I am, a fifth reason that God sometimes says no is that it's not in his perfect will for us to get what it is that we're asking for. Can I just stop a moment and say, if God deems it's not best, then I don't want it anyway. We know that we don't get to see the end from the beginning. We know that we don't see the big picture. We only see the isolated individual things of life. Uh, and I recognize that God's ways are higher than my ways, and his thoughts are better than my thoughts. Uh, and I've come to the point in my life, though I have to remind myself oftentimes, uh, that when I turn it over to him, uh, he is far better able to take care of it than I am to begin with. Sometimes the answer is denied. I want to go back to our scripture text now, and we'll stay there pretty much the rest of the evening. One reason that prayers go unanswered is that sometimes the answer is denied because God is saying no, and there's a whole host of reasons. But then sometimes our prayers go unanswered because the answer is delayed. Because the answer is is delayed. This is not what we want to hear, but there are times when God is not saying no, he's just saying not yet. There are times when God is not saying to us no, but he's simply saying wait, the timing is not right. Look at verse 13 of our scripture text in Luke 1. The angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias. I love this prepositional phrase, this clause here. For thy prayer is heard. For thy prayer is heard. Let me just remind us, folks, that Zacharias and Elizabeth had been praying and praying and praying 
and praying for years. I believe I'm right on when I say they wanted a son, but they got to the point as they grew older, they simply prayed for a child. And over and over and over, what they didn't grasp is that God was not saying no. He was just saying not yet. Not yet. Not yet. The timing's not right. And so in verse 18, when the angel appeared and confirmed the answer, we find out that Zacharias, look at it. Verse 18 says, Zacharias says, whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man, my wife well stricken in years. Do you understand what Zacharias is saying? He's saying, I appreciate what you're saying, sir, but this ain't possible. What you're telling me is going to happen is not in the realm of human possibility. It just cannot happen. So I think I'm on target when I say that at this point, Zechariah had probably stopped praying because he thought it was an impossibility to have a child. His wife was beyond childbearing years. He was an old man. And so now this was a thing of the past. But the angel still says, and I love this, for thy prayer is heard it doesn't say that prayer was heard it said thy prayer is heard i believe that all of these years that zacharias and elizabeth were praying for a child god had the answer ready but he was waiting until the perfect time to give it God had the answer. The answer was going to be yes, but it couldn't be right now. It couldn't be 30 years ago. It couldn't be 20 years ago. It couldn't be 10 years ago. It had to be right now. Why? Why does God delay? Let me give you what I believe is Gregology, but I also think is biblical as well. 30 years prior to this event, when Zacharias and Elizabeth were a young married couple, had she turned up with child, there'd been a great celebration. They would have thanked God for the miracle of childbirth, and they would have said, God answered our prayers. What a good God. 20 years ago, before these events, 10 years of praying. And there would have been an even bigger celebration. Look what God has done. But now, now that Elizabeth is beyond the age of childbearing, now that Zacharias is an old man, do you know who gets all the credit and the glory for this childbirth? God. Now everybody has to step back and say, look what God did. I am 100% convinced that there are times where God delays the answer in order for him to get maximum glory. Let me, let me say that again because it's one of the most important things we can get in our heads tonight. In order for God to get maximum glory and maximum credit, there are times when he needs to delay the answer so that we recognize the fact that we didn't do any of it. It was all God. I'm convinced that's the reason that beautiful passage in Isaiah that gets quoted so much but yet misunderstood says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint 
I'll give you another verse. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. Therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you, for the Lord is a God of judgment. And listen, blessed are all they that wait for him. Now, I don't know about you all. I'm going to be blunt. Waiting is not one of my strong suits. <laughs> Waiting is not something I'm really that good at. In fact, to be very transparent with you, when I've made up my mind, I want it done yesterday. I want things to go the way I've outlined and the way I've planned. I want everything to work just the way it fits in my head. And you know what I have figured out? God don't fit in my little bubble sometimes. And that's a good thing because what I've also realized is when the answer is delayed, that means what's coming is better than what I asked for, and he's going to get the credit for it. There are times when the answer is denied. Number one, quickly, we're nearly done. There are times when the answer is delayed. And I hope you'll get what I'm saying with number three. There are times when the answer is different. There are times when the answer is different. The Wisnets had a song many years ago. Called, there must be a greater yes. When you're waiting and you're praying and you don't get the answer, sometimes it's because what God has prepared is different yet better than what you ever even asked for. Verse 15 talks about this of our, chapter, uh, of our scripture text. In describing the child, he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. Those of you who are Bible scholars know that we're talking about the Nazarite vow. The, the angel Gabriel is letting Zacharias know that this child is going to be a Naz, not a Nazarene, but a Nazarite, a very special indicator for a child. So hear what I'm saying, folks. What we also read in verse number 16 is that many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. That's important. And finally, verse 17, he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, etc., etc. In other words, what Gabriel is telling Zechariah is this child is going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. Listen to what I'm saying, folks, because this is big in my opinion. Had God answered their prayer 30 years ago, the child that they brought into the world would not have been the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Had God answered the prayer the way they wanted 30, 20, 10 years ago, uh, they would have missed out on the grandest of blessings uh, that they got to father uh, the, and be the mother of the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Yeah, they'd have had a child, but not the child God had planned for them. You understand what the difference is? This is critically important. Because there are times surely when God says no, and there are times surely when God says wait, but then there are times where God says, you just watch what I can do. I'm thinking in my mind right now of the conversations that 
my wife and I have had with person after person after person in our office, in our home, at restaurants. And almost inevitably, we say something like, wait on God. Don't jump out ahead of God. Wait on God. He'll give you this. He'll take care of that. He will demonstrate this. And I am so thankful tonight. I'm thinking of families here in my church right now who would be here but for COVID who could testify to the fact uh, that though they didn't understand why they didn't get what they wanted when they wanted, they recognize now that what God had for them is far better than what they were asking for. That's how God operates. When you wait on God, you will see that what God delivers is far better than what we ever thought we needed. Let me close tonight with just a couple of other quick verses. Here's God's promise to his people, Psalm 34:10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Finally, Psalm 84:11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield, the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing. Will he withhold from them that walk uprightly? I said finally. I'm going to give you one more finally. I'm flipping over tonight to a very famous passage of Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Promise I'm done with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is really one of the most personal writings of Paul. In 1 Corinthians, Paul was correcting a lot of doctrine. But in 2 Corinthians, Paul gets really personal. And he says in chapter 12, verse number 7, Lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. I've read a thousand different commentators try to guess at what this is. Here's the bottom line. We don't know what it was. God didn't reveal it to us. But whatever it was, we're going to read that Paul asked God on multiple occasions to remove it. Verse 8, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. What he's saying is I asked God to take it away. Have any of us been in that same situation? I know I have. Where I've asked God to remove this, get me out of this, take this. I've been praying for about four months for him to remove COVID. Hadn't happened yet. Most of us have. He said unto me, verse 9, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paraphrasing, Paul said, God said no. And as a result, what he's doing with my life is far better than what I would have had had he taken the infirmity away. There are times when he says no. There are times when he says not yet. And there are times when he says you just wait because what I'm about to do is going to blow your mind. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time tonight. 
for a few moments to open up this precious Word of God on a Wednesday night Bible study and be reminded, number one, about the potential and the power of prayer. Lord, it is our ultimate power source for the child of God. It is our ultimate power source for those that recognize it. Lord, it has so often failed to be taken advantage of. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry, God, everything to you in prayer. Lord, when we do take these things to you in prayer, and the answer does not seem immediate. Lord, help us to recognize that there could be a no. And there's a reason for that. There could be a not yet. Lord, there could be just a simple reminder that what you've got on the way is more than what we're asking for. <laughs> Lord, I'm reminded tonight of the lady in our church who just two years ago walked down this aisle and her sister walked with her as she got saved and her sister met me down here, Lord, and said, I've been praying for my sister for 27 years to be saved. Lord, thank God she didn't give up at year 20. Or year 25, but she kept on praying until the answer came. Help us to have that kind of prayer faith. Lord, uh, for these that are facing these procedures, we ask that you would bless them. And Lord, we thank you again for the opportunity that you've provided to just take the Word of God into people's homes and lives. Bless us now. Bring us back uh, on Sunday. Lord, I pray if it be your will that you'd keep the weather away so that we could have a drive-in service on Sunday. Lord, we need to be together. Corporate worship matters. We know that now more than ever. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Again, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We'll put out announcements this weekend regarding Saturday and Sunday. Lord willing, we'll be here Sunday morning. Looking forward to a great time. You join us. We'll keep you posted. God bless you. Thanks so much.